at the end of the day, guess who gets to decide <laughs> what is okay and is not? Right. It's not you or me or anybody else. It's mm-hmm. how does God feel about these words that are coming out of my mouth? Is it promoting beauty and grace and goodness mm-hmm. and all of those things that we just said? It isn't a black and white list. It's tricky because it's about relationship and it's about this connection with God. And I don't know, God, what do you think about this? And right. if I was more aware of that more often, it would probably change the words that are coming out of my mouth. Yeah. Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast from Real FM. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode nine of season two of the Real Talk Podcast with Anson, Kara, and Isaac, a show where we get real about everything from the ridiculous to the inspiring. And guys, we have a doozy Mm. today. (sighs) We are really going to get real (laughs) on the podcast today, hopefully living up to our show title. Yeah. Today's episode is What the Podcast. We're talking about (laughs) swearing. So some people say that swearing is clearly sinful. The Bible makes that crystal, crystal clear. Others say the Bible doesn't really outline which words we are and aren't allowed to use. So maybe there's a little bit of freedom in Christ in there, right? Mm -hmm. That gets bandied about a bit. We do want to say one thing, though, before we get into this at all. And that is, what is our objective in talking about this subject? Right. Our goal, I think I can speak for all of us, Mm -hmm. is not to convince anyone that they're right or that they're wrong beyond a shadow of a doubt. We have different views just among the three of us Mm -hmm. on this topic to some degree. And I would say in the course, at least for me, in the course of researching for this episode, I've had to check some of my assumptions and some of my views. It's made me reevaluate some of those things. And at the end of the day, that's our objective with this discussion is not to say this is right and this is wrong, but to say, let's check whatever assumptions we've made. Let's think about what we believe. Mm -hmm. And let's not just assume that the way we've always thought about this is 100% correct. Hopefully, we'll be able to do that over the course of this conversation. Exactly. Let's go straight to the shameless plug. This week on the show, we are plugging our good friend and buddy, Isaac Weaver. (laughs) Hang out with me. (laughs) Isaac is a great guy. Just need some friends. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I actually have a morning podcast that's available on iTunes, Google Play, or in the podcast section of realfm.online. It's kind of an informal couple of things you need to know to talk about at work or Mm. with friends. I hate small talk, so I like to have a little fact tucked away to talk about with people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is basically me giving you a couple ah, things to talk about. For example, brilliant. one of my recent episodes, there is a guy who is going for the world record on every track on Mario Kart 64. Oh, <laughs> but he's my hero. <laughs> but he's got a rival when he was at his last track that he hasn't held the world record for. Someone swooped in and beat his time by three hundredths of a second. No. So that also means that if you've got a 64 in your closet, <laughs> you can automatically have a rival Ooh, to go against. You can go for the record as well. That's right. All right. Wow. So these are the things that you would know if you listen to the Wake Up Podcast with Isaac. <laughs> That's right. It's Wake Up with Isaac in the podcast section of realfm.online right now. I listen every morning while I'm brushing my teeth, Isaac. <laughs> So my I just po- want to thank you for being part of that. It's actually endorsed by the American Dental Association. No, it's not. That's, I, a, I, that's amazing. That would be cool. <laughs> you tell me about that. I make a lot of brushing noises in the yeah. podcast. It's great. <laughs> Let's go to what we're into this week, and I think we're going to go right back to Isaac on this. What are oh, you into, Isaac? There are so many ways to start this, but I'm at war with a bird. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. Um, it's okay. specifically a Texas 
scissor tail flycatcher. Wow. That's the um, taxonomy of this bird. It's also a piece of trash. (laughs) It's a trash bird. It's a terrible, vindictive, petty, horrible animal. What did this bird do to you? (laughs) So two weeks ago, I noticed that a bird was constructing a nest on top of my door. Uh Uh-oh. And I was like, well, we can't have that. You're going to be pooping on everyone, and it's just going to be a bad time. (laughs) Yeah. So I took my pressure washer out, which... Wait, wait, wait. Were there, there like, little babies? No. Bree, my wife, insisted that I check to make sure there were no babies. (laughs) You're going to, like, pressure wash all these, like, poor little baby birds. I wasn't going to, like, omelet three little birds. (laughs) Thank you. All right. So we got that Disclaimer. No birds were harmed. (laughs) Some people have been harmed. No birds have been harmed. Unfortunately, this bird hasn't been harmed. So I take down the nest. I clean out all of it. And I'm thinking, okay, bird problem solved. That night I was returning home from Walmart. I was walking into my door. It was dark. And then I just hear (laughs) above me. And then I feel a warm gob of dookie land on my head. Bombed you. It bombed me. It dove bombed me and dropped a payload. And I'm like... All right. Cool. Wow. Thinking that this surely was a one-off experience over the last 14 days, (laughs) we have come to know this bird as Chelsea the Attack Bird. (laughs) She has harassed my guests. Oh, wow. I have frequently made people walk out of my backyard (laughs) to avoid being dive-bombed by this bird. Wow. Every night we come home and she is perched. She hasn't rebuilt her nest. She she is just (laughs) sitting there pooping. (laughs) And attacking everyone who tries to come to my front door. Oh, so Chelsea my. is basically like, you destroyed my home. I am going to destroy yours. Yes. She, ha- she has <laughs> no a matter tiny, how long it takes. It's a tiny little like Rambo bird. Yeah. So yeah. just a little ball of hate. Now, you know, not to cross these. Oh, my gosh. Tailed what? Yes, so, tail. so do you regret taking the nest down now? Like, no. Would she have been kinder if she still had her nest there? Like, no, no, because if this bird is petty, I'm twice as petty. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to keep throwing rocks <laughs> wow. and making loud noises. I was going to say, what's the next level then? Like, yeah. how do you strike back well, now? I don't want to, I legit don't want to hurt it. You just want to crush its spirit. Right. <laughs> I want to make it wish it wasn't alive. I don't want to directly kill it. Oh, wow. For anyone who's going, we'll just put an owl up. It's too small. Like, my door frame is too mm. small to have an owl there. So. Have you oh. tried, like, spraying it with water? Oh, a like hose? a cat? Like, oh. It doesn't do anything. Really? Oh. It makes it more angry. Oh, well, that's not good. It just sits there and is like, just, your actions feed me. <laughs> your hatred fuels me. <laughs> yeah, that's great. We're going to have to check in on the yeah. second phase of the war good, next time. Good yeah, luck. See how things are going. Godspeed. Mm-hmm. What I'm into this week is uh, significantly less conflict-filled. <laughs> <laughs> been fighting a bird. Yeah. I recently acquired a piano. Ooh, nice. I'm very, very excited about. I've played the piano since I was very young. I started taking lessons when I was in kindergarten mm. and I took lessons pretty much all the way through my formative years. There was a little period in about like fifth, sixth, seventh grade where I got super rebellious and was like, the piano's stupid and I don't want to do this. <laughs> but then my mom eventually convinced me it was still cool and I, and I kind of got back into it again mm, at nice. that point. And so I had a piano growing up that my grandma had gifted to my family. It's a really nice piano, and it was in my family's house all through my growing up years. And then since then, since I moved out, it's been at my parents' house. The thing is, I'm really the only one in my family that plays the piano. So for the most part, it's been sitting in my parents' house unused Mm. for the better part of the last decade. And my parents have kind of been downsizing and getting rid of some things. They're new empty nesters. 
And so they said, hey, if you want this piano in your own home, you would probably get a lot more use out of it than, than we're getting out of it. So you can have it. Oh, cool. Nice. But you have to figure out a way to get it to your house. They live in Little Rock. Oh, and yeah. uh, they were like, and we're not helping you move it because <laughs> it's incredibly heavy. We don't want to yeah. hurt ourselves. Yeah. So after uh, trying to save up money to get the thing moved and have someone do all of this, we finally got all that figured out and got the piano home last week. So it's now wow. in our office. And I'm really excited about it because... For me, piano is something that I can just sit down and kind of just make up a song yeah. or mm. uh, just kind of, I don't know, fiddle around on it when I uh, need something to do or need something to occupy my mind. Mm. And it's kind of just a restful, relaxing thing for mm. me. So I've really enjoyed having it in my home. I also just so happened to watch The Greatest Showman for the first time a couple of days ago. Uh, nice. yes. And so now for the last couple of days, I've been sitting around like playing Greatest Showman songs on Yay. the piano. <laughs> Good music. So that's how I've been occupying my time. And I'm also kind of excited because my daughter, Avi, who's in kindergarten, yeah. would really like to learn how to start <gasps> playing the piano. Hey. So I think I'm going to be giving her lessons starting oh. this summer. So that's hopefully going to be a very fun way for me to bond with my daughter. That's awesome. That's or we'll awesome. hate each other after or a few <laughs> lessons. We'll find out. <laughs> We'll see how that goes. But uh, that's, that's what I've been enjoying this week is playing the piano and hopefully soon sharing it with my daughter as well. So cool. I am into Audrey Assad's new album. It's called Evergreen. I've been a longtime listener of Audrey Assad's music. Just love her voice. And it's very calming mm. music to me. Mm. I discovered she had a new album out and I was like, oh, man, I didn't. I, it was kind of a surprise. And so however you feel about Audrey Assad, I know she has some controversial views about things, but her music, man, she yeah. girl can sing and mm -hmm. There's some really good songs on here. I think she does a really good job of conveying emotion and struggle and hope in her music. Yeah. And so for me, when I listen to this album, there's just a few lines and like nuggets from a couple of the different songs that will get stuck in my head and I'll be thinking them. And she has some really memorable choruses. One of the songs, You're My Deliverer. And she just kind of sings that over and over. And I found myself just walking around the house singing those lines. And so, yeah, really enjoying this album, Evergreen. Now it's time for Swagger Scale, where we own our awkwardness. Guys, I have allergies in the nerdiest possible way. <laughs> um, my wife, Nerdy allergies. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, my wife really wanted to have me help her plant a garden. We have oh. this nice flower bed that has had just kind of some dingy like bushes in it and it's kind of overgrown. And yes. she was like, hey, let's go out and plant the garden. And I know that I have these allergies. And oh. I was like reluctantly like, yeah, babe, let's do that. So <laughs> we went to Lowe's on a Saturday. I was in there in like the garden and home section. Mm -hmm. My eyes were already start to sting a little bit. Uh, and I'm like, oh, no, oh, guys, this is already starting. <laughs> out. Bad. We buy a bunch of these cute little flowers oh. and we get back and we go, OK, these bushes are going to have to be ripped up. <gasps> I'm already like wheezing a little bit. I haven't even <laughs> officially started gardening yet. Uh -huh. I start ripping up these bushes. My face is like in it. I'm oh, inhaling no. all the stuff ripping things up and my eyes basically almost swole shut my what? nose gets all grimy and i can't breathe oh. but i push through <laughs> of course oh, you do and Isaac. i rip up five bushes oh lay down some mulch till up the ground and we got to the point where it was time to plant the flowers and i'm like sitting there like weeping gently and going all right babe, let's get the flowers <laughs> And then Brie has to go, hey, why don't you go inside and like shower and, and, you know, hop on the computer or something. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, no, I want to do this for you. <laughs> like, 
I have this image in my head of like uh, the brawny man who like rips up the flowers, and, like, plants a garden for his wife. I'm like, if I were a settler, we would be dead. Like, I, I'm like, can I have my inhaler and my Zyrtec, please? So like, I had to discover over this last weekend that. I am definitely an indoor kid, and oh. I watch from my office window, just giving <laughs> encouraging thumbs up as Bree was in the dirt, finishing the job that I couldn't. Oh, poor Isaac. I hate my life. <laughs> it sounds like you put in a lot of work yeah. before that point, though. Yeah, you gave it your best effort, man. Um, you know, but... <laughs> I'm neighbors with guys who every weekend they're like out there between every lawnmower stroke. They're doing like right. 20 pushups. <laughs> They've got like a tire swing that they forged. So like I'm just, forged. I, I just it's a whole thing. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's bad. I mean, anybody that has had allergies, though, uh, knows yeah. what that can be like. It's a bad time of the year. It is. And Anson and I learned last week that this year is worse than ever. Because really? true. And especially warm winter and an early spring. Yeah. So doctors are calling it literally a allergy explosion. Yes, that's the, that's, that's the official, the official title. term. That could have been just like the it's title of my Saturday. Of exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Isaac's allergy explosion. <laughs> <laughs> like, bad. A short story by yeah. Isaac Weaver. Now it's time for Crushing It, celebrating our successes, big or small. And I had what I would term a small success today. I had a little bit of an adventure. I got to drive our vehicle to the mechanics. And when you're driving a vehicle to the mechanic, (laughs) that's usually a sign that something is wrong with it, right? (laughs) We've had an issue with the brakes on Mm. our car. Oh, dear. Not working correctly. I don't know about you guys, but if there's one thing on a car that you would really like to work, it would be your brakes. True story. And we've had problems kind of going both directions. One is that like the brake caliper on the front left wheel has kind of been getting stuck, which means the brakes stay applied even when they shouldn't, which kind of makes it hard to go. No good. And then other times the brakes don't quite (laughs) stick as much as you would want them to, and you don't slow down quite as quickly as you're expecting. Uh. That one in particular kind of gets to you a little bit (laughs) when you're driving. (laughs) So I had the task this morning of getting the vehicle to the mechanics with Without driving it off of the road. <laughs> wow. Or, you know, suddenly stopping in front of another vehicle or in other ways right. injuring myself <laughs> or those around that me. Sounds terrifying. So, yeah, it was a little bit of an adventure. The good news is it's a standard transmission vehicle. Uh-huh. So you can kind of slow down by downshifting. Oh. Okay. And yeah. so I was trying to plan ahead right. <laughs> by quite a ways when it looked like there might be a stoplight coming up or something like that. Smart. And so I'm like downshifting to slow the car down. And then, as needed, you can also apply the emergency brake. Oh, my god! And so holding the button in on the emergency brake and pulling the brake to use that to slow right. down. Oh, wow. Without pulling it too hard and going all, like, Tokyo Drift style <laughs> through an intersection. Like, that's all really fun, but if you're going to do that, you should probably have a fully operational vehicle. Yeah. Because if you're doing that and then, like, everything fails, it's not going to end well. <laughs> yeah. Really, I'm making this sound a lot more exciting than it was because what it consisted of is me driving all the way to the mechanics with my 
hazard lights on like 20 miles an hour oh, getting in people's way like an old grandma because I didn't want to go so fast that I wouldn't be able to stop if I needed to. Wow. I've yeah. never actually used the e-brake before while moving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was a little bit of a new thing for me. It's a new skill. That's one of those tiny wins, though, because kudos to you for not using that as an excuse to definitely Tokyo trip around corners. <laughs> exactly. Because there's someone in this room not going to point fingers <laughs> who would have been doing half donuts around every corner. Because of the e-brake situation. See, I love There's driving. That. I've told you guys before about my obsession with driving video games and stuff. Yes, I've got my wheel yes. and stuff. And I love like driving rally cars and that thing and yeah. all that stuff. And so I would love to do that in real life. <laughs> but I, I did have at least the wherewithal to go. I should probably have a vehicle that has fully operational brakes yeah. before I attempt that. So the good news <laughs> is the car safely arrived at the mechanics. Yay. And hopefully he'll be able to fix it and it'll only cost maybe a few hundred dollars. <laughs> Other than thousands. That is good news. And next time I drive my car, I won't have to worry about plowing into the back of somebody because uh-huh. my brakes don't work. All right, it's time for Would You Rather, the great value brand of role-playing games. And here's your question, guys. Are you ready? Yes, so ready. Would you rather be stuck in a broken elevator Ooh. or be stuck on a broken ski lift? Oh, Oh, geez. Mm-hmm. Right? So Claustrophobia or versus fear of heights. Yeah, I don't know what the word for that is. Hytophobia. <laughs> My first thought, honestly, was that if I'm stuck on a ski lift, that means I'm at a ski resort. Right. <laughs> and that made me excited because I yeah. love going skiing. Yeah. True story. <laughs> so that, you know, versus an elevator. I mean, for the sake of discussion, we could say it's an elevator at, at the a ski, ski resort. resort. <laughs> So I still get to go skiing after the harrowing experience (laughs) ends. So that rewards So that makes it even. That's awesome. I have never been particularly scared of heights. Mm. And so the ski lift thing doesn't really sound like it would bother me too much. Mm -hmm. Although I know, I have seen in the news, people have died in ski lift accidents and stuff before. Really? I'm sure that's happened in elevators too. I don't have like an innate fear of either of those Mm -hmm. things. Yeah. I get on an elevator or a ski lift really without thinking most of the time. So I'm trying to think if it actually went wrong which one would be more terrifying in that moment. I feel like probably the elevator because being in an enclosed space like that, Mm -hmm. you don't have any sense of like what's going on around you. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you're on the ski lift, at least you might be able to see like, okay, people down there are working on it. Right. Or they're coming. They've yelled up to me and said, hey, we're working on this. They they can shout encouraging words to you. (laughs) Exactly. Like, it'll be okay as long as you don't fall. (laughs) You're doing great. Hold on really tight. Just keep sitting up there. Doing good. But I feel like there could be some level of reassurance of being able to kind of be aware of what's going on around you. Whereas in the elevator, it's kind of like you're all alone. Yeah. You don't know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe there's like an intercom or whatever that they can communicate. You might be with some people you don't enjoy or don't know. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So I have recently been on a ski lift with my wife where the seats had actually taken on kind of an icy glaze to them. Oh, scary. So in our ski pants, I (gasps) noticed goofily that you can slide around on them. Oh. So I would always kind of like to mess with my wife. So no! when we would get to no. like the highest point of the ski lift, I'd be like, hey, babe. And I just like unch my butt around like no! <laughs> and I kind of like bounce the ski lift a little bit because I'm like Anson, like heights don't really bother me. Uh-huh. But she was clink like she had oh. serpented herself around <laughs> the ski thing. That would, like, that she would was be just me. like clinging Stop to it. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> also, like I always way overestimate the fall that I can take. So yeah. like looking down, I was always like, that'd be fine. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> ski right down the mountain. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'd do a backflip. It'd be really cool. Like <laughs> land and just snowboard down. Oh, you guys. <laughs> um, elevators, however, I'll be honest. Elevators freak me out. Really? I really? don't enjoy them. Why is that? Because I think that if I am stuck in an elevator with other people, they're going to freak out, which oh. is in turn going to either at worst make me freak out too, or yeah. at least really bug me. And I would rather not be dealing with either that's, of those. That's fair. Even if it's for like a five minute stretch. And I'm also like you, like, I want to know what's going on on the outside of that. Right. Mm. So I'm leaning ski lift because they can throw me up pizza slices if it's going to be a while. <laughs> like there you, you can't get in an elevator that's, to help someone. No, yeah. that's true. I, I do think there are probably certain people, like I'm thinking of my wife, who's a bit claustrophobic. Like yeah. the oh. elevator thing would be disastrous mm, for her. Really like bad, she would probably yeah. lose her mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not claustrophobic, so I'm not scared of the elevator in that way. But I do think having a little less context and information uh -huh, about what's happening sure. would be a little scarier. Yeah. So I think I would say the ski lift as well. And like I said, afterwards you get to go skiing. Exactly. Too, yeah. so and you get a good view while got you're Got that going stuck. for you. Yeah. yeah. We have come to the conversation on this episode of the mm. podcast. We're getting serious this time, guys. Yes. Talking about using language swears cusses <laughs> bad words bad words wordy dirds and <laughs> i don't know that might have been a bad word i'm not even sure what you just said as we mentioned earlier our goal is not to convince you that you are wrong or a heathen or whatever right. the case may be our goal is just to talk about an issue that obviously pertains to real life mm -hmm. and kind of figure out what do we think of this? Can we challenge some of the assumptions that we may have? And can we just have a dialogue about an issue that's something that a lot of people in the church are dealing with? Mm -hmm. And that's really our, our only goal for today. And I thought we'd go about it a little bit differently today, guys, in terms of the format of how we're going to be talking about this. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different phrases that I've heard people say when it comes to this issue, no matter which side of the issue you're on. Right. So, for example, you might have heard the phrase, uh, as adults, we shouldn't use any language we wouldn't allow kids to use. Mm -hmm. Right. Or you might hear people talk about how people who use profanity are people who aren't creative enough to come up with an alternative word. Right. Or on the other side, I've heard people say, you know, we have grace and freedom in Christ. We shouldn't judge each other's language use. And so I thought it might be interesting to kind of go through some of these common arguments and just react to those and say, what do we think of this phrase? What about it is on target? What about it do we disagree with? Mm -hmm. And maybe in the course of discussing that, our views on that may evolve somewhat. Maybe right. we go, mm, maybe that phrase, there's a point to that that maybe I was missing before. <laughs> so uh, we'll start with a doozy. We'll just come <laughs> right out of the gate with a big oh, one, okay? Oh, good. <laughs> We're going straight to scripture. Because for us as Christians and on this podcast, speaking about these issues from a Christian worldview, right. obviously what scripture has to say on this topic is incredibly important, mm -hmm. right? So we'll go with one of the most common citations given by people when it comes to this topic, and that is Ephesians 4.29. Mm -hmm. So Ephesians 4.29 says, and I'm reading the NIV version here, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. That's the first part. Then it goes on to say, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Mm. So a lot of people cite this verse and say, Ephesians 4.29, Paul says we shouldn't use unwholesome talk. The question is, what is unwholesome? Mm. To a lot of people, cursing is obviously not wholesome, right? right? Mm. So therefore, Paul is saying no unwholesome talk. That includes cursing. Therefore, we shouldn't curse. Cursing is a sin. Case closed. Right. What do you guys think of that assertion? Whew. 
Ephesians 4.29 is one of several verses that are frequently brought up when people are saying, you shouldn't do this. Another one is Ephesians 5.4, which is, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Another one is Colossians 3.8, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. So there is scriptural precedent for people saying, hey, if it's not building people up, don't say it. And that's kind of a black and white way of looking at it, which I think is to a degree fair to look at it and approach it like that. You're definitely not going to hurt anyone by taking that approach in life. In the passages that you've referenced and that I referenced, um, none of the language in there is communicating a specific list of unacceptable or acceptable words. We have to ask ourselves, is it good for giving grace? And are we building a community around Christ with someone when we're using certain words? So basically, all to say, our intent behind it is kind of where the heart lies. Mm-hmm. I think that when I'm hit with a verse like that, unwholesome talk for me like can be a lot of things. It doesn't necessarily have to be a bad word that you would beep on TV, right? I've heard bless your heart be used as both <laughs> a legitimate bless your heart But I've also heard that like Mm. passive Southern mom kind of like, bless your heart, where I know the coding behind that. Like, I know what that means. Yeah, (laughs) you're actually using positive words for a negative kind of expression. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, this is so hard. And I got to be honest, in studying this, I found myself feeling a little bit like, I I don't like this because things that I've struggled with in the past, perfectionism and legalism at times. Mm -hmm. The first thing I hear in this verse when I hear it is don't. Stop it. Right. It feels like this external behavioral modification thing that you're telling me I have to do in order to be acceptable and in order to be loved, maybe. Mm -hmm. When I hear something like that, my immediate reaction is to pendulum swing the opposite way and go, like you said a minute ago, no, there's grace. Mm -hmm. And there is grace. But the more that I studied this and looked at this verse, uh, you know, I'm honestly, I'm a little bit challenged to go, all right. What is unwholesome talk and why shouldn't we use it? And what does that even look like? Yeah, I think that's kind of the linchpin of this verse is this word unwholesome, right? right? We're all trying to define, well, what is unwholesome? As you pointed out, Isaac, the verse doesn't give us a specific list of here's the words that are unwholesome and here's the ones that aren't right which would be so much easier if it did that yeah, way we yeah. could have <laughs> but it just but it, it doesn't and it's difficult because everybody has kind of slightly different versions of what mm-hmm. that list may look like mm-hmm. does it include all of the big bad words does it include euphemisms does it include things outside the obscene language i mean it's difficult to define right yeah. it could differ based on time period and culture and all of these different things mm-hmm. but i believe that the second part of the verse takes care of that for us it actually actually helps define what unwholesome is because it goes on to say only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. So to me, what unwholesome talk is, is talk that does not help build others up according to their needs and it does not benefit those who listen. That's unwholesome talk. And so I believe like if our response to this verse is simply to steer clear of language that is considered obscene, we might miss the point. For example, we might start using euphemisms, say, Mm -hmm. that allow us to say hurtful things in ways that sound nice. Right. Like, (laughs) bless your heart. We might follow the supposed letter of the law rather than following the spirit or the heart of the law. And cleaning up our words doesn't necessarily clean up our hearts. It Mm. could. It could be a part of that, but it's not a given that it's going to do that. Perhaps God may care less about the exact words that we use than he does about the heart that we have 
in using them. And I actually have kind of a, a good example of this with my daughter, Avi. She's six years old. And so she goes to school and sometimes she hears kids say things and she comes back and asks me questions about them. <laughs> right. And this is only going to get uh, uh -huh. more and more critical, I'm sure, as she gets older. Yeah. Sometimes at that age, kids have rules that their parents have given them and they tend to make the assumption that those are global rules, not just family oh. rules. So, for example, maybe someone on the playground says the word stupid. Who knows in what context? And then maybe another kid says, my mom says you're not supposed to say the word stupid because that's not oh, nice. Right. And so yeah. then Amy comes home to me and she says, someone said stupid and someone else said you're not supposed to say stupid. Are you supposed to is stupid a bad word? Oh. And she's asked, is stupid a bad word? That's kind of the level that she's at right now. Right. Yeah. And so then I am faced with this question. Is stupid a bad word? Right. Oh, wow. It's kind of actually a difficult <laughs> question to answer. Yeah. And you could take this all the way up to a variety of other words as well. Man. And so I decided, and, and I'm not saying anything about people who decide what the rules are in their own family yeah. to just outright ban a word or not right. or whatever. That's a choice that each individual parent has to make for their children. Sure. But for me, I decided, okay, I don't really feel like I can ban the word stupid from our family because I say the word stupid right. a fair <laughs> bit. And I don't, I don't want to be hypocritical about that. Mm -hmm. And I also think there are occasions where using the word stupid is okay and appropriate. And so I, I've been trying to explain to my daughter, well, if you know we're in the living room and daddy does something really kind of silly and funny and you mm -hmm. say, daddy, that was stupid in like a joking way, you're not using that word maliciously and I think that's okay. Mm -hmm. But if your sister does something that you don't like and you look at her and you go, you're stupid, Arwen. Mm. Now, all of a sudden, we have a problem, right? right? Because you're using words as a weapon against your sister, and that's not okay. There's some nuance involved there, mm. and that makes it a lot trickier than just a flat out, yes, it's okay, or no, it's not okay. Mm. Right. But I think that kind of goes back to this definition of unwholesome. Is it building someone up? Is it benefit the person who's right. listening? In the context of me and my daughter joking around, we're having a good time and, mm. and we're having fun and we're laughing and, and it's okay. There's right. no offense there. Mm. In the context of her using that word as a weapon against her sister, obviously no. it's not building her up. It's not benefiting the person who's hearing that. Mm. And so to me, that's how I would define unwholesome versus wholesome. And I have kind of a sticky thing to bring up here. I'm kind of curious what you guys think. I read something yesterday that caught my attention. A blogger was talking about occasions where using a select word, a strong word, the case could be made that it might actually build someone up. For instance, if we're talking about you're sitting across the table from a friend who just told you, I have cancer, pretty heavy, serious, weighty thing. This blogger made the case that if I at that moment was to reach across the table, hold her hand and utter a strong four letter word mm. in response to this, the weight of that occasion, she felt like this fits the weight of that situation. Mm. And basically it's an expression of solidarity. I'm standing mm. with you. I'm seeing the weight of this. Right. Could that build that other person Could, up in exactly. a way or be beneficial right. to them? Could right. You make that argument, which is yeah. kind of an interesting question. Yeah, and I think that is an interesting I question. Gotta be honest. I know that's probably pretty controversial, but I can see her case. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand, you know, there's cases in my own life where I've seen situations of abuse happen or mm. heard them described to me. Right. And my response to that has been some sometimes strong words. In that moment, I look back on that and I'm like, you know, and maybe that's just getting myself off the hook too easily. I don't know. But it seemed to me at that moment that the weight of the situation 
match mm. the weight of the word. And I don't think those words should be used lightly right. or inappropriately. Like mm. we're talking about, like you're with your daughter, you don't throw those around or throw them at other people. Right. But maybe in those situations, could it build someone up? Yeah. It, it makes me know. think of uh, the kind of recent controversy with Andy Minio and yes. his song mm. on his new EP that he released. He uses a word in a mm. song that a lot of people were kind of surprised by, mm. but he uses it in the context of talking about his absentee dad and how right. his dad doesn't show up at his wedding. You can go listen to the song and judge for yourself whether or not you feel like it was an appropriate usage of the word. Mm. But I have a feeling that, you know, without putting words in his mouth, the argument that he might make or the argument I would make perhaps on his behalf goes right along with what you're saying. He is relating the weight of the experience of having an absentee dad and right. his dad being missing and being cruel to him from Andy's perspective. Mm. And he's using a word to describe that feeling, probably because he feels like there aren't any other words that adequately describe the mm. depth of that feeling and right. the severity of it. Mm. And maybe by doing that, he is going to be able to relate to other people who are going through the same thing right. that he may be able to stand in solidarity with them mm. or people yeah. may be able to understand him better because of the word that he used. Mm. So I tend to agree with you, I think, on this issue. It's, it's sticky for sure. <laughs> it's tricky. But I do think maybe there is some way to leave the door open there a little bit to say that some of these words could potentially be used in a wholesome way. I at least would be open to that possibility. Hmm. Let's move on to the next one here, which is an argument that I've heard from several different people. Paul uses a profanity in Philippians 3.8, so that makes using profanity... <laughs> Okay. Whoa. Now, if you don't know Philippians 3, 8, the verse says, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish is what a lot of modern translations say that I may gain Christ. Now, this word rubbish is a Greek word, which I'm going to probably brutally mispronounce right now. <laughs> Scubalon. I'm not a Greek expert, and there are probably a lot of people who could give us a lot more information and context. We can all agree word. that someone mm. just cringed as you said. It, but <laughs> then it's what okay. we can do. Yes. Awesome. But Paul uses this word in this verse. And from the research that I've done on this topic, he's clearly referring to excrement. Right. Okay. Mm. So this sometimes gets translated as rubbish or trash, or garbage, or dung, depending on the translation that you're right. using. But it's kind of difficult exegetically to weed out exactly what the perfect modern English analog to this word would right. be. Right. However, there are scholars that believe the word is used pretty emphatically, and there may be a certain level of coarseness to it, which mm -hmm. could lend some credence to the idea that the word could be translated as crap, or even as the S word, hmm. whether or not <laughs> it really is or not, it's hard to say exactly. Yeah. And different scholars disagree on whether or not this should be translated that mm -hmm. way. Yeah. So basically what Paul is saying is compared to Christ, everything else is trash. Everything mm. else is crap. Everything right. else is poop, right? <laughs> yeah. Compared to Christ. The argument here goes that if he's willing to use a word that could be translated as the S word, right. everything mm. compared to Christ is Mm -hmm. You know what? Mm -hmm. Does that make using that type of language okay? Because Paul, by the way, who's the person who wrote Ephesians also, <laughs> right. we were just talking about, if he himself used this word, is this an example of using profanity in a wholesome way, potentially? 
So I would say that if it's an issue of you looking for examples in the Bible to explicitly confirm your opinion, I think that this is one of those things where it's going to be a really hard time because Mm. like we've said, it's not a clear interpretation whether or not he said that type of version of it or the crap type of version of it or the crud or the the whatever version. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that using one person's actions to justify your actions comprehensively, like every single swear word is suddenly okay because Paul Mm. used it in this context context. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that that's right. Mm. I could be a bit of a reach. Maybe I think that that's reaching. And I think that going back to what we said, if you're using it as a moment of teaching or a moment of instruction, or if there's no other version of the word that could be said, if you're Mm -hmm. really trying to convey a point to an audience that can understand what you're saying, if you're not using it for shock value, I feel Mm -hmm. like, right. Mm -hmm. Then it's permissible then, but there's this whole trend of people using their front loading, a bad word in the front of a sermon and then going, you're more concerned that I said this instead of this. I think that that isn't right. I think that Mm -hmm. it should be used so carefully because you will get people more hung up on the fact that you used a swear word rather than the overlying message. Right. I hadn't thought about it this way, but I agree. When people do that, it's manipulation. Mm-hmm. If you go back to what we were just talking about a minute ago, it's not building people up. Like right. if the goal is to be like, ha, see, caught you trying right, to right. manipulate and like, it's not going to do what you want it to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is to help someone see a different view that's not done in love. And so it does kind of leave a bad taste in your yeah. mouth. So the context matters, obviously. Yeah. And so I think we have to take a close look at what the context is when Paul uses this word mm-hmm. in Philippians. He's certainly not not using it flippantly. No. Okay, right. He's talking about comparing Christ to the world and to worldly things, right? right. He's saying right. compared to Christ, everything else is dung. He's drawing an important comparison there. And his real point is the incredible worth of Jesus and right. how far short everything else falls in comparison to that, right? Right. The usage is not cavalier. It's not joking. It's not trendy. Right. Like it's deadly serious, right. actually. Mm-hmm. If we are going to step out and use emphatic or dramatic or even obscene language, Mm -hmm. like let's do it seriously about things that actually deserve to be described that way. Right. And let's not do it flippantly. He's making the sharpest possible contrast between Christ and everything else that we hold highly. It makes sense. It checks out in my mind logically that he would use the worst possible word to describe everything else. When it's compared to Christ. Hmm. But that doesn't necessarily, in my mind, give us the leeway to say, well, that means that word is now useful in all circumstances. Well, because that takes away. This is just, it's useful, obviously, in a very specific circumstance, potentially. Because if we overuse it, that takes away the The depth behind it and the gravity when you use it in that context. Mm -hmm. Right. All right, let's go to another one. As adults, we shouldn't use any language we wouldn't allow our kids to use. Have you heard this one before? Yeah. I don't have kids, so I can swear as much as I (laughs) want. That's exactly what it means, right? <laughs> Done. Yeah. I mean, Next. this also gets used in the context of like a media consumption right. too, right? Like yeah. if you wouldn't watch this movie in front of your kids, you shouldn't watch it. Or if you oh, shouldn't, man. you know, listen to this music in front of your kids, right. you shouldn't listen to it. I do think there is something to the fact that Anson, you're a parent. We're not. Like in my everyday life, I think about it less because there isn't a little person staring at me, listening to every word I say all day right. long asking me, what does that mean? Why can you use that word? And I think if there was, I can totally see how that would dramatically change your perspective Mm. in a good way. Mm. Even just thinking about it in this moment, I'm like, oh, okay, well, why don't I think that way? I think parenthood in a way forces you 
to think about these things and say, well, it really does. Well, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I can speak from yeah experience and yeah. say absolutely that yeah. it does. And being a parent has changed my outlook on some of those things. Yeah, it really has, because you do start to hear your kids repeat. Yeah. Words right. that they're hearing or not even just words, but phrases or concepts or ideas. Right. And it does make you more hyper aware of what's being fed into not only them, mm-hmm. but also to yourself. I'm kind of torn on this one, honestly, mm-hmm. because on the one hand, I have made a conscious decision to limit certain types of, say, media consumption because of exactly what we're talking about. I've seen the influence it's had on my kids and I've mm-hmm. gone, you know what? I really can't come up with a good reason right. for me to be listening to this right? because it's not really edifying or building up for me in the same way that it wouldn't be for my kids. Right. right. However, <laughs> I also think there's a caveat here as well. I think of an example like this. My wife loves to build things. And mm-hmm. as a result, we have a saw in ah. our garage that my wife uses. She built us a really cool coffee table one time Uh using a saw. There is a rule in our house that is a black and white, no questions asked rule Mm -hmm. that if you are not mom or dad, you do not touch the saw. Uh, You do not come into contact with the saw. You don't go anywhere near the saw, right? (laughs) There's a really, really good reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason is that my six-year-old is not mature enough to be trusted to use a power tool, right? Uh. Right. And if I let my child use power tools, other parents would think that I'm insane <laughs> yeah. because that's clearly a bad idea. Right. My mm-hmm. child clearly does not have the emotional or physical maturity to handle a power tool. Right? Yeah. Does that make the power tool bad? Does that mean that adults mm-hmm. should not use the power tool? Right. No. no, obviously the power tool can be used for a lot of good, right? My wife used it to make a coffee table, right? If I know anything about my wife, I think someday it's very possible that my wife will be using the power tools with my daughter <laughs> yeah. to teach yeah. her how to use them mm. because that's something that my wife cares about and is something she may want to pass on to Avi and, yeah. and maybe Avi will get to use one someday, but she can't use it right now. Because she's not mature enough to use it. And not only do we just say, hey, you can only use the power tool responsibly. Nah. We, we don't do that. We say you can't use it at all right. because you're not old enough to be trusted with it yet. And I think you could apply the same concept yeah. potentially to language. We were just talking earlier about my daughter using the word stupid. Right. To me, that's a word that she is mature enough to begin to learn how to use responsibly. Mm-hmm. So we're working on that. That's something that we're practicing, right? I haven't set her free to just use that (laughs) word whenever she wants. Okay, now here's the full list. But under supervision, kind of, right? Like, I'm teaching her how to use that word in a responsible way. Mm. There are other words that she is not yet capable of using in that way. Right. Where I believe maybe as an adult I could be. Yeah. So I I think that there is a distinction between a child and an adult, Mm. and it's okay to draw that distinction. However, there are probably also times where we have to say, you know what? That thing isn't really useful for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, say, I I don't know, pornography, right? Like that's not a thing that we go like as a kid, pornography, you know, you obviously shouldn't be viewing that, but as an adult now it's okay because I'm mature enough to handle it. We say, no, that's bad across the board. It's not a pass for like moral relativism. Exactly. And so we have to be careful when applying this because there are certain things where we would say, no, For kids or for adults, even if we notice that it's bad more in the presence of kids, it doesn't make it okay for adults. But there may be other things that are a little more tricky. Mm. I love the image of using the power tool because in the same way that they're not allowed to touch it right now as like a six-year-old, 
I think that it's also reasonable to say like Dre isn't busting it out when she's sitting right there in arm's reach of it either. Mm, right. Like yeah. the saw isn't at play when the kids are all around the table as no it's kidding. being built. So I think that company matters a lot. Like just yesterday I was out to dinner with my in-laws. So my mm-hmm. wife's mom and dad and for better or worse, like I wasn't using certain, you know, words to describe a funny story mm. because they were there. Like I adjusted how I was speaking. Mm. And then I thought, well, that's different though, because they were capable of understanding my meaning behind it, mm. but I still kind of self-centered a little bit. So basically context matters. Yeah. I think yeah, context, yeah, yeah. like it's either around people who don't appreciate it at all. And it's definitely going to be an issue for them or with little kids who are going to repeat it and touch the soft. <laughs> Let's go to another one here. People who use profanity aren't intelligent or creative enough Ooh. to come up with an alternative word. <sighs> Have you heard that? Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of moms probably say this to their kids <laughs> when they're trying to get them not to use language. Yeah. yeah. Which I understand the idea behind this phrase. Yeah. Okay. The idea is, I think that if you are using profanity extremely liberally mm-hmm. and flippantly, right. Right. You don't necessarily need profanity to describe mundane things. Right. You can be more creative than that with your vocabulary. Absolutely. And so I think the idea of this is to discourage flippant use of obscenities. Mm. Right. And to that extent, I actually agree with it. Yeah. I do think in our culture today, we've gotten so flippant with our use of obscenities True. that yeah. like I look at like the top 50 on Spotify yeah. and yeah. like 40 out of the 50 songs are explicit. And I'm just going like, is it mm. really that yeah. impossible to create a song that isn't just filled with obscenities? Like, true. why does it have to be this way? That's true. And I view that so differently from Andy Minio's usage of it as an mm. example mm. of like a really carefully crafted and purposeful usage of the word. And that happens in I'm not saying it's only a, like a secular versus Christian music divide. There no, are secular yeah. songs, I think, that use it more purposefully. But it's the flippant stuff that does kind of get to me after a while and kind of wears on me. And I'm like, yeah, that's does, do we just have to be uttering these things constantly? Like, it doesn't seem necessary. I mean, I totally see what you're saying, because I think I was in the store yesterday and I heard from a couple aisles over somebody berating very loudly some inanimate object. And I was like, what did the salad spinner ever do to you? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, is it really necessary? Right, like, yeah. Is it really yeah. that big of a deal? At the same time, the one thing I would say about this particular argument is that I hesitate to make broad statements about people's intelligence based on external behavior. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. We use them too much. It's distasteful. But we don't actually know anything about that person mm-hmm. and their story and their intelligence. Right. And it comes off as pretty judgmental. I think. Yeah, I just think we have to be careful because there's probably things that I say people could look at me and say, well, people who say the word like all the time are stupid, you know, and I'd be like, oh, sometimes there are things that we pick up good or bad that are habits Mm -hmm. that don't actually have to do with our person and our identity and who we are. Well, I mean, clearly there are people who exist on the planet who maybe swear like a sailor who are very smart people. Exactly. Like, like I don't think anyone probably really would say like those people don't exist. So yeah, I I do think you're right. Like this phrase could absolutely come off as pretty judgmental and kind of elitist. Yeah. And we have to be careful Mm -hmm. when we're throwing judgy statements around like that. I think that being said though, the heart of this is something that I can actually get behind. I think that overuse of words can make them lose their meaning entirely Therefore, when they're used in a very serious context, right, it, it doesn't doesn't have any weight to it. Yeah. So if we overuse a certain word as a society, like if we all decide that elbow is the new swear word, but then <laughs> 10 years from now, when someone goes, my elbowing dad wasn't at my wedding, no one's going to care. It's not going to yeah. have the same yeah. impact as 
Mm. Wow, that really affected him. So I definitely agree with you, Kara. Like it leans judgmental, Mm -hmm. but the spirit behind the, hey, maybe you can be creative and still convey your idea. And I totally agree with that Yeah, I love that. Let's go to another one. Curse words are only profane because our society makes them so. Mm. God doesn't give us a list of words we can't use. They're just arbitrary words, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Thoughts? How about I think of people who lost their jobs on... TV because they let some of these right. words that don't matter <laughs> slip. <laughs> right. Somebody decided that they matter. Right. Because who decides they don't matter or matter. Somebody has decided that they matter enough that yeah. if you say them on TV, you lose your job. Right. Language so. is weird like that. My wife and I have had weird late night conversations about <laughs> language and, and right. debating the intrinsic yeah. meaning of words mm-hmm. versus arbitrary. Like right. who gives words their meaning? Is mm-hmm. that a divine thing? Is that a human system and it actually gets really complicated i'm sure we could go all philosophical on that for a long time but i do think proverbs 18:21 says the tongue has the power of life and death oh, yeah. yeah right and the bible talks a lot about the power of words not yeah. just curse words but just words in general yeah. right i know from personal experience that words have power because people have said hurtful things to me right? that i remember right. years later yeah exactly. right and so i think it's a little bit naive or obstinate to say mm. words don't matter right. because yeah. uh, they clearly do. And there, there's just a lot of examples of that, yeah. even with obscene things. For example, I was reading about this and I thought it was really interesting. There's different hand gestures that mean different things in different countries. Mm-hmm. So, for example, here in the U.S., when you give someone the thumbs up, you're saying, great job, buddy. Right. There are other countries like Greece, for example, where if you give someone the thumbs up, they're not going to take that well, because oh. that is a, actually an extremely obscene gesture. OK, that's sexual in nature and something you don't want to be gesturing at somebody. Yeah. Fonzie was not a popular character in Greece. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Zero happy days fans in Greece. Or brushing your hand underneath your chin and like a forward flicking motion means get lost in like France or oh, Belgium wow. and yeah. in, in places in Europe. And so if I were to move, say, to Greece, I wouldn't just continue to go around giving people the thumbs up. Right. No. Because, well, to me, that just means great job. Yeah. And they just don't understand my meaning of it. And that's it, their problem, not mine. No. Right? That's not how it works. I'm, I'm embedded in that culture. Yeah. I have to respect that culture's meaning that they've mm. infused into that gesture. I couldn't use that gesture anymore. Right. Right. And I think you could apply the same logic to our words. I can say, well, this is just an arbitrary word. And for whatever reason, we decided that the S word is bad and crap is less bad and poop isn't bad at all. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Like, in a way, it seems kind of arbitrary. There's three words to describe excrement. Right. Some of them are bad and some right. of them aren't. But at the end of the day, one of them is, <laughs> is worse than the others because right. we made it so. Our culture says this one is worse than the others. And that's kind of the way it is. Like, I, I totally get that. I think that this is another instance of, yes, the boundless grace of Christ does cover you daily. But that doesn't mean it protects you from the repercussions of your actions. Like, you are forgiven and loved. But at the same time, you should extend that grace to others people and when you are choosing your words maybe don't use a word that you know someone else is going to find foul Mm -hmm. and offensive i was reading yesterday an article on mockingbirds blog and they were talking about how we all dwell in time and space so we can't really have these discussions apart from time and space Mm. that we dwell in because that's where we live our lives Mm -hmm. and so it's probably naive to assume that we can reliably distinguish what's like a true and false morality and decide that we're the ones that get to decide, oh yeah, that word matters, that one doesn't. 
that's pretty arrogant. Mm. Yeah. Like for us to decide that if our culture has said this word is is a word we shouldn't use, that we're just being like, eh, no, you just made that up, so I don't have to follow it. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. right. I dwell in this time and space, and I have to honor the people that dwell in this time and space as well. Let's go to this one because I think this one is pretty interesting. Euphemisms aren't any different than real swear words. If you say fudge in the same context as when you would say the real F word, Ooh. it's wow. just as bad. Wow. Ooh. What do you make of that? Uh, <laughs> well, I, like I mean, if it's true, it's really convicting, really, right? Because we oh, do that man. in our it's culture. True. We do that all the time. Yeah. And, yeah. and like in Christian subculture, we are really we're good at really, that. Really, it's good almost at it, right? like a game. We've it taken game. all of the words. I mean, Jesus becomes G whiz. God becomes gosh and hell mm. becomes heck. Like, I mean, we do that all over yeah. the place. And we use those very, very liberally and commonly. We just got done talking about how some of that arbitrariness still does matter. Yeah. Right. Because culturally, for whatever reason, that's the way it's turned out. Yeah. So do you make a distinction between euphemisms and the big bad swear words? This one is really hard. <laughs> I know I know that we literally just said that, but I, I want to reiterate, this one feels the hardest for it me. It does. It really does. Because I think in practice, obviously, we make a distinction. Right. Obviously. Yeah, we, we do every day. Every frankly. day. But uh, this is one of the hardest ones, I think, to draw the line. It feels legalistic to me, right? To mm. say, you can't say those words. Because I'm like, really? But at the same time, once you start arguing, well, this is really about your heart. And if you're thinking the same thing and, and feeling the same thing in your heart is when you use the actual word, what's the difference? Then I'm like, okay, well, right, there's right. that. I don't know. I don't know. I feel I feel conflicted about this one. I feel confident in saying I don't necessarily have a... A good answer. An answer for that. I yeah. think That's definitely fair. like we can agree that the heart behind what you're saying matters. Right. Yeah. So then with that in mind, I would say, yeah, if I yell frick after I stub my toe, but in my heart, I'm yelling the alternative. Right. That's definitely right. an issue. I mean, so that that's a good example. If you stub your toe and you let out a word that is either an expletive or a substitute for one, mm -hmm. like, <laughs> I, I mean, you get to all sorts of other questions, right? right. Like, is right. it okay to be frustrated? Is right. it okay to verbally right. like that you are frustrated? <laughs> right. Like, you know, is that uncontrolled anger? Is that a sin? I mean, there's all sorts of layers, layers. and issues that go even deeper than just yeah. whatever yeah. word you used. If we're really talking about heart right mm -hmm. say you let out an expletive when you stub your toe is that a sign of just lack of discipline could that be sinful i, I could see how someone might make the argument but it's maybe kind of debatable right however if i'm driving down the road and someone cuts me off and i yell that mm. person is a dang idiot mm. and i've used no swear words at all right mm. to me i'm like just judging myself, that's pretty conclusive right. that my heart was not in the right place there. Mm -hmm. Even though I said, dang, idiot, which is not exactly <laughs> at the height of like obscenities. I'm just remembering a time that I was in Britain and a sweet little British lady that I was driving with said, oh, you cheeky so-and-so. And they cut her off in traffic. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, does that count? Right. Like, was, I've I mean, known so, my grandma so, to yeah. say, bless him, Lord Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. that doesn't feel and right. And so when you're no. evaluating your heart on those yeah. issues, right. like what? sometimes that's connected to the words we use and sometimes it seems kind of disconnected. Yeah. So it's it's difficult to say. I I don't really have a good answer uh -huh, to that one uh -huh. either, honestly. Other than to say I do think I could be more careful and thoughtful about mm -hmm. what I say. Agreed. Just across the board, yeah. just in yeah. general. I think oftentimes I say a lot of things, whether it's a euphemism or a swear word or neither, I say a lot of things without thinking very carefully about it yeah, beforehand. Yeah. And so Across the board, just in general, I could be more thoughtful with my words. We can sit here and split hairs all day about this stuff. Right. 
And we can talk about how I grew up in this environment. And so this feels really legalistic or restrictive to me, or I grew Mm -hmm. up in this environment. And so that feels really offensive to me. At the end of the day, we're talking about heart issues. Guess who gets to decide (laughs) what is okay and is not. It's not you or me or anybody else. It's Mm -hmm. how does God feel about these words that are coming out of my mouth? And is it promoting beauty and grace and goodness Mm -hmm. and all of those things that we just said? It isn't a black and white list. It's tricky because it's about relationship and it's about maintaining this connection with God. And I don't know, God, what do you think about this? And if I was more aware of that more often, it would probably change the words that are coming out of my mouth. Yeah, And I think that on the relationship point, it's not Mm -hmm. realistic for me to sit here and think that I can have a list for you of pre-approved words that you can say to a person Mm -hmm. who comes to you crying after a doctor visit, right? Mm -hmm. Only you can decide what's going to build them up in that moment. You know them. God is in that moment with you. Use good judgment, right? But I also think that it's different when you stand in front of a crowd of people with a microphone Uh and chances are you don't know exactly to a nuanced level how everyone feels about certain words that we've all agreed are maybe not words to use in polite company. So I think it all comes down to your intent Mm. and how you can best build up people on an individual level. Right. Are you trying to get a rise out of people just by using a word? Yeah. I think of Romans 14, which says that one day all of us are going to give an account to God for every word that comes out of our mouth, Mm. which is a terrifying thing to think about (laughs) in my opinion. Yeah. To me, that's kind of what it comes back to is this is an issue between me and God. Right. If there's one conclusion I can draw personally from this discussion, it's again that I need to be careful with what I say to anyone at any time. Like, and and I'm probably not careful enough. And when I'm giving that account to God someday, there's going to be a lot of words that I've said that I probably wish that I hadn't. Right. And I want to try to make progress in that area. I want to draw closer to God's heart in that area. Mm -hmm. I want to allow him to work through me in such a way that my heart follows his heart Mm. on this issue. We've gotten so in the weeds, even in this short discussion (laughs) about, is this okay? Is this okay? Is that okay? Like, and it's so hard to split all those hairs Mm. that it just reinforces to me the fact that like, I need to be really careful though about judging anyone else on this issue Mm. because I am so disconnected from your heart, Kara, or your heart, Isaac, and and what you mean when you use a certain word or a certain phrase. Mm. Like all I can really do is ask God to mold my heart and focus on my own attitude and my own words Mm. instead of judging others. And Mm. when we try to draw up all of these legalistic, like here's the word that's okay to use in this context and not that, I think we are kind of missing the larger point. I think it kind of goes both ways. Let's be really careful on the judging others, but let's also be kind of not harsh to ourselves, Mm. but let's be serious about this issue with ourselves. Let's take it seriously and review our own hearts and be constantly checking ourselves to say, is my attitude and is my language aligning with the heart of God? Now it is time for On Repeat this week, the songs that we just can't get enough of. I'll start it off. I am completely wearing out the song I Ain't Done by Andy Mineo. This song, I've used the word menacing to describe it <laughs> so much because it just hits hard. And it's one of those songs that If it doesn't get you pumped up for a workout or some sport event that you're doing, or even just like you need a good song to pick you up, this is one of those songs. To me, 
It's my go-to like 2.30 in the afternoon song. You've mm. got to get some stuff done. That's a good idea. I just love the, I want to say like spiritual cockiness behind it. It's like, <laughs> it's like I'm going to do this yeah. because I've got God. <laughs> yeah. All right. awesome. It's kind of like that mental image of a little itty bitty dog or something yes. like barking, but it has a big dog right yeah. behind it. Yes. Or like, you know, so you're like, like my, my friend will come beat up your yeah. friend. Like, you know, my dad's bigger than your dad. Like it's kind exactly of a thing. that. Yeah. yeah. I just love everything. Dude, the bass comes out and gets you. In <laughs> I, was, I was listening to it on the way into work today and I felt so, so cool. I was yeah, like, yeah, right? my little Honda Accord is like, burr, burr. I was like, yeah. I am not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> my on repeat is Out My Mind by Tritonal and Riley Clemens. When well, you're in my heart, I'm out my mind. You're in my heart, I'm out my mind. Riley Clemens was actually just in Northwest Arkansas not too long ago for Faith and Family Night. So it was cool to kind of get to meet her mm-hmm. and to hear her music in person. And uh, she teamed up with Tritonal. She's featured on this track, Out My Mind, that we're playing on Real FM right now. Honestly, like this is, again, one of those songs where I go, yeah, lyrically, it's kind of fun and, and all of that. But really, it's about the hook for me and the yeah. music for me. Yeah. Like this song is just insanely catchy. It's super fun. It's a summer weather getting warm kind of a song. That's really what I have for it. I don't know if you've seen the music video for this song, but it kind of perfectly encapsulates like the the joy that I get from listening to an upbeat song like this. Basically, this guy and girl end up on a bus and that's kind of mundane and they're all just sitting there. And this guy gets up and just starts like rocking out, like dancing to the (laughs) song. And before you know it, the whole entire bus is like doing this dance routine to the song. And that's kind of what I feel like listening to the song. It's like if everyone was listening to this song, maybe everyone would just be dancing everywhere that they go because it's just fun to dance to it's fun to move to and it's fun to listen to that's awesome my on repeat this week is crazy by lost frequencies and zonderling you can call me whatever you want but that won't change me i just don't care what the world says i'm gonna make it they can call me whatever they want so what if i am crazy so this song is like this beautiful concoction It starts out acoustically, everything I love about kind of this indie acoustic sound. Mm. And then in the chorus, all of a sudden, there's this like amazing electronic. I don't know all the right words to describe it. So forgive me for all of my wrong way of just saying (laughs) these things. I think it goes kind of dance pop. Yes, it goes dance pop and then back to acoustic. And then and I'm like, whoa, what just happened? And so it's like everything I love kind of in one song. And kind of like you were just describing it's in kind of a sunshine ready track mm-hmm. and it's a good summer vibe. And I don't even know that the words are like that profound, but mm. I like listening to it. And every time it comes on, I'm like turning up the volume. All right, guys. Well, we got through it. Whew. Our discussion <sighs> on cursing and we didn't even curse. No. throughout the entire discussion. This was so a family friendly. Well. <laughs> I, I have one more word that I have to ask about for sure to see if it makes the list. Okay. 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 So this is a Liz Lemon word. Ah, yes. 30 Rock. Blurg. <laughs> Blurg. Blurg. Which describes how I'm feeling right now after all of that. Yeah. Word. I think that's a good one. Yeah. I kind of like that word. <laughs> I'll add that to my family friendly swear list. Right. 
It's officially approved. Okay. If we, we, it. we haven't made any concrete statements up to this point up in the podcast. Point. Okay. But we've officially determined that Blurg is on the approved <laughs> words list. So okay. at least we accomplished something. Can't say yeah. this wasn't worth it. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk podcast from Real FM. Catch Real Talk with Anson and Kara from 4 to 7 p.m. Live every weekday on Real FM radio. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent or reflect the views of John Brown University, KLRC Radio, or Real FM.